0: Hey guys, wherever you are or whenever you might be listening, we are back for another episode of Discussing Who, and I have my uh, lead co-host,
1: Master-in-Chief, Cal Jones with me. Cal, how are you doing, man? I'm actually having a lot of fun tonight because I'm in the passenger seat, and I'm actually having fun in the passenger seat.
0: Oh man, it's no pressure, none at all.
1: <laughs> so... um Yeah, uh, we did some fun this past weekend. Yeah, we did. I mean, uh, I don't remember. You know what? I was actually I'm bouncing here, but I was actually, I think, a little bit more tired from the standing at Mississippi Comic Con and walking around and meeting people than I was when we got back from Hulanta. Well, it's a couple of months ago now. What about you?
0: Oh man, uh, I'm I'm doing great. Uh, I enjoyed myself this past weekend. Had a lot of fun. Got a lot a lot of opportunities to, uh, you know, hang with you and hang with the rest of the grits crew. Uh, I think overall, I didn't it, I didn't get the con crud as uh, as Lee puts it.
1: Yeah, I'd never <laughs>
0: and, heard of that before. Did you? Yeah, I had heard it plenty of times. Yeah. yeah, it's kind of the after-con sickness everybody gets from, you know, being in a room with a bunch of people and shaking hands.
1: True. I never yeah. really thought of it. And, you know, seriously, I, I I think that might tie a little bit, yes, of course, to the people, but I think it also might tie into a little bit of, you know, think about it. If you're working a full-time job and then you're doing whatever that con is for the entire weekend and then you go right back into your full-time job again, yeah. You're, you know, kind of, you, you wear your body down is my, my, my point.
0: Yeah, definitely. No, no rest at all. <laughs> so, um, how was your first Mississippi Comic Con? We finally
1: made it. <laughs> we finally made it. I, you know what? I have to say that, uh, I enjoyed it and I, I, I really can't think of any bad, experience i mean the the avc convention guys that we met were very cordial very nice uh professional they sent out information well in advance we knew where to go we knew what to do uh the guy that was running the uh panel room which i know we'll talk about panel in a minute but uh was again v- very cordial very professional and the people that we met i mean uh we ha- we met some cool people so yeah i i, I had fun what about you
0: yeah, agreed. Uh, uh, Greg at ABC and the rest of the guys running the show over there, they're, uh, I think it's three of them. Yes, uh, yes, yes. In any case, they're all great. Uh, again, like you, just to reiter- reiterate what you said, very professional. And, you know, uh, I just can't um, thank those guys enough for inviting us in and letting us kind of have the run of the show. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that was so, I mean, it was fun. Good experience. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. And the first day, I'm just thinking, man, what massive crowds, man. It was really crowded.
1: <laughs> you know, I remember taking a picture at the beginning when we're standing out there right before the uh, 10 o'clock, you know, start time and considering this is Mississippi and not yeah. saying bad against Mississippi, but you know, Mississippi as every, everybody looks like Mississippi doesn't do well in this and doesn't do yeah. well in that. I was really impressed by the, um, the numbers uh, that we saw coming in, you know, of the people coming in. I I mean, I, I, I seriously, I, I just keep going back to saying, I can't say, you know, I can't think of any bad experience I had that whole weekend. Yeah, definitely an awesome crowd.
0: And, you know, on Sunday it was a little less, but still a great crowd and, Yeah, just just happy to be in the graces of uh, fellow geeks and and, uh, people who are interested in the things that we like. True. Um, Good point. So uh, getting into a little bit more specifics, um, there was a lot of great cosplay there. So can you think of any one particular cosplay that kind of was your favorite or, um,
1: you know, kind of? piqued your interest. Okay, so I'm going to break, uh, you asked me a question right before uh, we got started and said, okay, what order do you want to go in? And I said, okay, well what you have listed is great, and then you asked me this question, and I'm going to break our own rule here, but you know, hey, rules are made to be broken. So since you asked that question, I think it just makes sense to say it, the Spidey team, their costumes, and the 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 detail of the costume from the Comics of making them literally, especially the guy that had the Ultimate Spider-Man costume, literally looked like he jumped off the page. I mean, yes, yes, they looked amazing. No pun intended. It's spectacular, amazing, whatever. They looked really good.
0: Yeah, they had. I think it was like three guys and one girl that was Spider Gwen. One day when she Scarlet,
1: or uh, what's the other? No, she uh, the other. Uh, the next day she was oh. Can't remember. She was the one who got, uh, silk. She silk, got built, yeah. built yeah. by the, uh, bi- blah, blah, blah. She got bit by the same spider as did Peter.
0: Ah, yeah. And speaking of those guys, we did manage to get an interview with them. And, uh, I guess we'll go ahead into that right now. Uh, now guys, this is like live on the floor It's pretty loud. I think we managed to get pretty good audio. So, uh, I hope you enjoy it, and we'll
1: see you after this short clip. So tell me a little bit about what you guys got started doing the Spider-Man outfitting. Yeah. So in 2015 at in Louisiana
2: Comic-Con Lafayette, the same guys who put on this one in Mississippi, uh, we went there uh, with four of us, and we all just got together, and uh, everyone just started calling us Spidey Team, and that's how the name got coined at that convention. And fast forward to now, almost two years later, come October— we are doing this all over conventions around the southern states. Uh, we go to Texas, we go Mississippi, we go to Louisiana. Uh, we may be in Tennessee pretty soon. Um, but, yeah, that's how, that's how we got started. We just all became friends, and we just kept finding more spider man at other conventions and bringing them into the fold.
1: So how many uh, different versions of the costumes do you guys have?
2: Uh, we have 12 members, uh, soon to be, like, 15. So it's safe to say we have roughly that many, so 15 to
1: 12 different iterations of this of these suits so so what is the if you were to say you guys ultimate goal for doing this what would that be uh san
2: diego comic ladies and gentlemen thanks cool. again for or, or dragon con, con dragon con time uh we're, we're projected maybe we're going to be doing that next year Absolutely free. next september uh, free. Free.
1: so what's the most awesome the experience that you guys minutes. have had so far
2: what's the most awesome experience we've had doing this uh it's tough um i don't i don't know man we, we every convention we go to there, there's something that just make makes it
1: that convention you know um you know what we, i think is the most awesome about what you guys are doing number one your costumes look amazing thank you, you thank i you. mean seriously you look like you've stepped right out of a comic book and on top of that, we've been trying to talk to you guys for two days, and you <laughs> never have any rest. So yeah. that, to me, is the most awesome thing about what you're doing. Is yeah, yeah. it's, it's nonstop. It's nonstop, right. Right, right, right. So are you the unofficial folks, uh I'm
2: claimed leader and co-founder of the group, yeah. yeah cool, uh,
1: cool, cool, cool. So... Um, how did you get, other than being the co-founder and leader, the Captain Universe? Captain uh,
2: Universe. This was my second suit. It was actually—it's actually a bit of a long story how I came to get this one because there was complications of getting it and whatnot. But uh, eventually, it came around. It took me about four months to get this sorted out for this costume to come in and whatnot. Um, but, yeah, uh, I just decided to, hey, I wanted to do something different. And not many people do this. There's maybe 50 people in the world that actually
1: do this suit, and I'm, I'm one of them. All right, so let me ask this question. This is, I think, for all of you guys. Which version, because I'm thinking just from the look of the material, that your version as the Venom Spider-Man costume is the hottest. Is it, wait, What is the hottest uh, way to wear? Is it that one, or is well, it? Well, none of them are really hot. the the air just goes right through it so you're pretty like normal all the time gotcha so just so now how many versions because you're uh gwen stacy spider-man today so how many versions do you do um i do cindy moon who is also silk and i also do spider-gwen as you see today um there's some more in the works though so which which is your real hair
3: uh the silk one. <laughs> okay.
1: But but because it, both of them look both of them look real, so Thank I'm curious you. Yeah. which one.
3: Yeah, my silk, my Cindy Moon, my long brown hair is my actual so, hair. So
1: so which version for this is for all of you guys, which version of Spider Man is your favorite? Is it Miles? Is it Peter? Is oh, it who? Okay.
2: Um, Mine's definitely Peter. Uh, Yesterday I was uh, Ultimate Spider-Man, Peter Parker, uh, which that's got to be my absolute favorite version of Spider-Man. I can't speak for any of the other guys, but... uh, I have to say Insomniac Spider-Man, that one that just came out for the PS4, the PS4 exclusive game, the suit he wears in that game is the best one. What about you? I like Peter better than Miles. I don't know, just because he's original. And the favorite suit, I think, is Secret War Spider-Man. <laughs> Peter,
4: yeah, Peter is definitely the Spider-Man, but Miles might be my favorite suit.
3: Cool. I am a big fan of Miles Morales, actually, right now. Cool. Just because cool. his new and improved. And you've
2: got Miles right behind
3: you, so there you exactly. go.
2: Exactly.
1: <laughs> so, now, w- did somebody have on a s- uh, Phoenix costume yesterday, a Spider-Phoenix? I did. Cool, yeah. so... Because I don't remember there being a spider phoenix,
2: so... It was a one-off comic, and Ah, almost everybody everybody in that comic got the phoenix phoenix force at one point.
1: Cool. Yeah. Cool. Well, thank you guys. I know there's people been wanting to come up, but so thank you all for taking the time to talk to us, and we will... uh, Do you guys have a card or anything? Um,
2: (laughs) We got a... I got a card. It's the okay. last
1: one we have left. All right, well, I will so take a can picture, can take of picture of it, and uh, we will link to you guys, what you guys do on our website. Facebook. So thank you uh, very much, all of you, for talking to us. It's been great, and you guys were fantastic. Absolutely. Thank you so much.
0: Guys, thanks for thanks for listening to that. I hope you enjoyed it. And uh yeah, if you want to know more about these guys, you can go to Facebook dot com slash Spidey team. And you can also see our video by going to YouTube dot discussing who dot com. It'll take you right to our YouTube page. And yeah, we managed to get some footage of this as well. And And those were some exciting, fun and just just cool group of characters.
1: You know, I, 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 I want to make two comments here. Number one, when uh, you said right before we went to the clip, you said, you know, we got some pretty good audio. Let, let me rephrase that a little bit. You got a little you got some pretty good audio considering the fact that you took the audio from the video and merged it with the audio from the um the mic and you you know considering all the noise that was going on in the background you did that so there was no we in it i may have been talking in the interview but you were the one that got the got that video and all that synced so you know kudos to you hey man you you had the hard part yeah i had to look at myself
0: (laughs) oh whatever yeah whatever (laughs) but yeah those guys are great and um Go, moving on a little bit, there was there was a lot of Star Wars cosplay there as well. There was a Vader as well as several stormtroopers, troopers, a lot of Mercs, and uh, we actually talked with the guys from Five Hundred First Legion. And um, do you have anything to say about the Star Wars cosplay that kind of interest, interest, interested you? Uh,
1: well, well here weekend? here was the thing with the Star Star Wars. Um, cosplay that we saw considering the fact that the star wars was just you literally had spider-man separating darth vader and a dalek so i was (laughs) waiting for that epic battle when the you know the lightsaber and the dalek start you know uh exterminate and may the force be with you and back and forth so uh but no they really 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 look good and these guys were really cool as well yeah, so uh, we got actually had
0: another interview with these guys, and um, yeah, we're going into that right now, so hope you enjoy. Hey guys, we're here at the Mississippi Comic Con with John Dixon from the 501st Legion.
4: Um, so how's it going, man? Tell me about your group. Uh, it's going good. Uh, we're a costuming group. Uh, specializing in Star Wars costume with a heavy emphasis on screen accuracy. Uh, we also do a lot of charity work. Uh, this weekend we're working with uh, Blaster Trooper trying to raise money for the make a wish foundation
0: okay so how long have you guys been around
4: oh that's a good question <laughs> S- started in 1997 uh by a guy named alvin johnson okay. uh bought his uh stormtrooper armor off of ebay <laughs> and went and did the first troop at a star wars movie night at the movie theater
0: okay so have you guys been uh, i guess reinvigorated by the new surges of uh, star wars coming back and things like that uh are you happy it's back around
4: Uh, Happy it's back around, but not reinvigorated. It never left us. We uh, stayed strong and continued to troop and do what we do, regardless of what's going on with the movies.
0: Okay, do you guys have a web presence, uh, Facebook, or a website that people can go to to get more information about yourself?
4: We do. Uh, We have www.501st.com. We also have the Rancor Raiders, which is our local Mississippi garrison. We're on Facebook. Y'all can search for us at Rancor Raiders Garrison. Uh, our Rebel Legion Garrison is Dagobah base. it's Mississippi and Louisiana combined Uh, so if somebody wants to look into the Rebel side of things we also do that
0: so uh, just one more quick one Uh, for somebody like me who's never done really cosplay or anything like that how hard is it for me to get involved with you guys and actually get to where I can make a suit and things like that
4: not hard at all actually uh we have a lot of costumes that are sort of entry-level costumes that don't take that much of a monetary commitment or a personal commitment to making anything and you can try it out that way and see if you like it if it's something you enjoy and if it is uh it does get to be a bit addicting you will (laughs) want to do other costumes if it takes root in you and uh we have tons of information tons of websites and forums to check out on how to do it
0: so um has it become more like commoditized now? Where you just buy what you need to build your suit, or do you have to craft it from from scratch?
4: It really depends on which route you want to go. Uh, a lot of us take pride in crafting it ourselves. Uh, I like making my own weapons from, uh, you know, a lot of the Star Wars. Props were real-world, you know, things that they just kind of repurposed. So I really enjoy studying and seeing what they used to make the blasters and stuff like that. So you can completely craft it yourself, or you can find resources to obtain it that way.
1: I think you guys. So tell me this: When did you personally get involved in the group?
4: I personally joined. I guess it's been three years ago or four years ago now. Uh, I came to the first JacksonCon, and they had a booth set up, and I was blown away by it and wanted to get involved. And uh, the, the first thing that really uh, did it for me was a, a member of ours who since moved away had a uh, DL-44, and he oh. let me hold a DL-44, and that was, that's what clicked As I'm holding a DL-44. This is awesome. So uh, I started researching just how to build that and did that, and I said I want to do more. So it was just kind of a natural evolution from there so one
1: one last question for me so tell everyone again how they can contact you to find out more information about the group
4: uh well our local garrison is uh here in mississippi it's the rancor raider garrison and they can search for us on facebook they can message us on facebook we're very active with it uh we also have the 501st.com which is the worldwide website uh We've got garrisons in multiple countries all around the world. So lots of members and lots of information if anybody's looking for it.
0: Thanks again for taking the time to talk with us.
4: Thank you. Y'all have a great day.
0: So, guys, we are back. We really hope you enjoyed that. And, you know, Kyle, one thing that occurred to me is a lot of these groups actually participate in charities, which, you know, our first time going to uh, Southern Geek Fest, I really didn't realize that. Uh, but now that as, as we get more into the kind circuit and get get to talk to a lot of these groups, you know, you realize that a lot of them do really good things and participate to charities.
1: Yeah. I, you know, I noticed that, too. And that leads right into the people that we saw just by accident by looking for the panel room because they weren't located out in the main floor. They were in like the back subfloor, so to speak. Yeah. Um, but it was called Big House Books. And basically what they did or do is they collect books for people who are inmates, either by request, you know, titles that they may request or just, um, as part of a donation. And so people can give to them. And I think they said that it's also tax deductible, but I mean, yeah. it's still for, yeah. um, a good cause. So they, we talked to them on Saturday and we came back and talked to them as an interview again on Sunday. So this morning we stopped by and we gave some comic books to you guys. So I would like to just kind of let you tell our listeners exactly who we gave the comics to, what you guys do, and what the purpose is.
5: Um, Yes, we're Big House Books. We send free books to inmates in Mississippi. Um, We're the only organization in Mississippi that does this. And we just kind of believe that... um, Sending books to inmates helps them um, to become engaged and to become educated while they're incarcerated. And a lot of people ask us, why Why does it matter? Why do you need to do this? Why do you need to send these books to people uh, who are in prison? And we just believe that when prisoners are engaged with the books and the reading, the learning materials, that they, when they come out, they do so much better in society. Uh, in fact, studies have shown that um, <clears throat> inmates who are educated have, uh, I think it's an over- less chance of going back to prison once they get back into the community. So really, we feel like uh, Big House Books does a service for the entire community, not just the inmates that that we're sending the books to.
1: You know, you've said something that's very interesting, which is something I think a lot of people forget. Just because you made a choice that was wrong in life, that sent you to prison as a result of that, does not disqualify you as a human being. And I think... That you guys offer a service that obviously is something only you guys do in Mississippi. So if someone wanted to know what kind of books they needed to bring, what kind of books, if they wanted to donate, would you guys take?
5: Well, we take just about any soft cover book, but we have a um, a high... Requests for uh, GED materials, um, Dungeons and Dragons manuals, cool. I know, right? <laughs> um, African American literature, uh, what else? Oh, uh, composition books. If you have like old composition books or dictionaries, we get a, a lot of requests for that. Um, but we take any any softcover book that uh, you're willing to donate, you can drop those off at the Big House Book location in Midtown in Jackson.
1: So if you wanted to tell our listeners exactly where to do that and where they could find you if you've got a web presence, where might that be?
5: Okay, so you can check out bighousebooksms.org. Um, the office location, it's, it's kind of hard to find. You might want to get on um, Big House Books and email us to maybe set up a drop if you have a lot of books. We're working on a mobile drop so that people can just come drop their books like at a library type uh, setting but we haven't got that finished yet. <laughs> so check us out online and, and um, you can connect with someone via email who can help you drop those books off.
1: Well, on behalf of Clarence and I in discussing who, thank you again for what you guys do. It was a pleasure speaking with you and we will put your website on our, uh, our website and mention you guys in our podcast. So thank you very much.
5: Thank you so much for talking to me.
1: Yeah, guys.
0: So again, that was big house books Yeah, if you have books that you're not using, you know, um, I think it's a good cause. And like Cal mentioned up top, it's a tax write-off as well. And, you know, this one particularly interested me because we've talked plenty of times, me and you, Cal, about (laughs) the amount of comic books you have stacking up in your house.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, you don't know how many times I am tempted – I mean, I mean really (laughs) tempted – to go – digital with comics and buy them, yeah. you know, from a digital subscriber. But there is just something still about putting a real paper comic in your hand and flipping the pages and the feel of a comic that a reading it on a computer or reading it on an iPad or reading it on a, you know, Kindle or whatever, whatever, just doesn't have that same feeling. So. Well- uh, yeah, I have a lot of comics, uh, laying around, lying around. And, and to that I say, Cal, it's, uh, 2017. And, um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and eventually, you know, uh, there's not going to be a such thing as, uh, uh, paper comics. Uh, you know, I don't know whether you and I will still be here by that time, but eventually you're right. There won't be the traditional, uh, paper comics, but, you know, that actually brought up, speaking of comic books, let me throw something in at us real quick. There is, a, there was a comic book company and this was back in 2002, 2003 called CrossGen and it was mm-hmm. located out of Florida and it's defunct now. It went out of business, uh, went bankrupt, but they were, I think, and I may be wrong. So if some, if I am wrong, Someone, you know, email us at discussing who at com and tell me, you know, that I was wrong and, you know, give us the right information. But I think they were one of the pioneers of the digital comic as we know it uh, today, ah. where you could click on the panel and the, um, you know, the, the screens would get bigger. And I think, and I may be wrong, but I think they also had audio. Really? Yeah. That's interesting. That's interesting.
0: Yeah, it's so cool because, I mean, I, you know, I've used some of those comic book readers and it seems like it would be hard to program that because <laughs> comic book panels are never really the same, I don't think. I guess there's some bit of uniformity, but it changes a lot. So someone would have to sit through each of those books and kind of frame each of the shots to make it, you know, make sense as you read. So uh, it definitely doesn't seem like an easy thing to do, but but yeah, I I truly expect it to get better and better. Um, you know, I wonder if it'll come to a point to where the, the panels are drawn differently to just accommodate the the digital medium rather than, you know, fit on a, a page.
1: Okay. I'm going to go back and say that that's already happened to some degree because go back and look, just do a Google search and look at some of the classic layouts that are more squared as compared uh-huh. to not just, technology changing as in how they are produced and uh so forth but the actual um you know layouts of the pages have changed over the years and it could very likely be for that very reason i mean we have comics now uh very limited that are digital first comics that that after say three or four months then go into print
0: ah huh. Hmm. that's interesting that's very interesting, interesting. So, Kyle, moving on. Um, we met a certain black canary um, <laughs> at the Comic-Con um, and she was part of the group of the Mississippi metahumans.
1: Yes, yes, yes.
0: and uh, so we're gonna go right into that interview and
1: then talk about it a little bit on the other side. Cool. So we are here with the Mississippi Metahumans, and I am speaking right now to Black Canaries. So tell us a little bit about what your group does. And uh, some of the charities, and this particular charity you're working for today.
6: Um, normally, we just we get asked to do different charities. We do the past two years we've done Make a Wish. We've um, helped out a Burlington Coke factory before, and kind of drawing a blank now. Um, Right now, uh miracle for Mason is um, we was helping him last year, Gotham Rogues, were to raise money for his disease that he has. This year we're raising money for one of our fellow metahuman families because they were hit by a drunk driver while he was texting on his phone. And so they have had, we almost lost them. So this is why we're doing the raffle today so we can raise money for the family. So... Norm, last year we did for ALS that's a that's a personal close one I lost my stepdad to it so I, we raised money for them last year so
1: so you're doing black canary today so what what about black canary did you find interesting to have you do the cosplay?
6: Uh, well, it depends on what I can say.
1: <laughs> Whatever you feel like saying.
6: She's badass. <laughs> she looked good in the costume. I liked her. She was just, I liked both of them. I loved both Black canaries at the time, but this one I went with, a little
1: bit more subdued. <laughs> so are you more of a, fr- a fan of the TV, the comic books, or both?
6: Uh, TV. I didn't, I didn't do a whole lot of comic book reading, so Sorry. <laughs>
1: No, 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 no. Because they're just a natural extension of the comics. I mean, the stories are the you know, but essentially the same. So, there's a lot of different uh, Marvel. There's DC here. Tell me a little bit about how people could get in touch with the group and find out more about uh, Mississippi Metahumans.
6: We have a fan page right now on Facebook called uh, Just Look for Mississippi Metahumans. We have a fan page and we have a member page. If you want to start helping participate in events that we're doing, just send uh, ask to join and then there's a few questions to answer to let me know that you're wanting a costume with the group and everything or send me a message through the uh, fan page you'll get me directly or a guy named jay surrett that helps me manage the page so one of us will get back and
1: good deal well what we will do is we will put some information on our website and also talk about you guys in our um upcoming episode that we'll be doing and it was a pleasure meeting you
6: y'all too thank y'all so much for listening to me
1: thank you have a great one so guys again
0: that was mississippi metahumans and I, again, I said it before, but a lot of c- cool things about these guys is a lot of them contribute to charity. And just to see people from around here coming together for this cause, it, I think it's really cool. Well, different causes actually. And, and there's a lot of things that people contribute to. So, so yeah, I think that's really cool. And you know, I look forward to seeing, seeing more of those guys.
1: You know, it's interesting or, or here's what I found interesting. Uh, f- from what we just listened to of the lady talking about, you know, that was black Canary talking about the group is that you've got some people who do very minimal costumes. Some people who do the, you know, really elaborate uh costumes. And it's, it was almost like they have a talk with you and say, you know, Hey, you're joining our group and this is what we do. And it's yeah. almost like a, a mentoring of, What works for you? You know, are you looking for, you know, what, what fits you basically?
0: Yeah. And I have to say, uh, the
1: wonder woman from that group was freaking fantastic. Yes. Very good costume. Very good costume. The black canary costume was fantastic as well. Yeah. Yeah. True. True. The, true. the, 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 the professor zoom, uh, costume or not professor zoom, uh, just, uh, zoom from last season's flash. Uh, ah, that, yeah, that we yeah. saw, he was the guy that came up uh, when we were walking around and was like saying you were He-Man or something. <laughs> you had to get that one in, didn't you? Yeah, I did. <laughs> so tell me the the sword that you picked up. What was that?
0: Uh, I want to
1: say it's from Final Fantasy VII. That's what Cloud. I thought too.
0: Yeah. Now there's another sword that's kind of similar that someone else mentioned in the comments when I actually posted the picture on Facebook. Um, I'm trying to remember and then I can't right now.
1: But yeah, I, I really think it's from Final Fantasy
0: VII. And that, that was a pretty light swore, wasn't
1: it, Kyle? Yeah. I was fixing to make the uh, joke that, oh, well, maybe it was tied to Thor because, uh, I wasn't worthy considering I tried to pick it up and couldn't. And just, just to make myself feel a little bit better, I asked someone else to try to pick it up and they couldn't. And so, but yet you did.
0: Hey, man, picking up that sword was the most manly thing I did all year, so <laughs> <laughs> so speaking of sports and vendors, um, there was a particular vendor that I started chatting with as I kinda walked the floor and uh I saw this one vendor that had a bunch of Star Wars stuff, and of course, being a star wars geek as as we are, I kinda you know levitated over there and um. Just wanted to kind of ask him all about his booth and how long has he been coming and, and things like that. And actually, he, he told me that, you know, he's kind of just a collector. This is the only kind that he comes to. And he told me about how he just collects all this stuff at his house. And immediately that piqued my interest. And I'm like, wow, this, this is like a true Star Wars fan right here. And, and, um, Yeah, so we want to go directly into that interview. That's Michael Turner from Whole Set. So uh, we'll we'll go right into the interview right here. So, guys, we're here with Michael Turner. And what's the name of your booth?
7: Well, our booth is the Whole Set Toys and Collectibles. Um, It's just a little something me and my brother set up. It's a a little booth where we can um, sort of have some some vintage stuff for people, some other stuff that we've gotten that uh, we like to collect ourselves. So.
0: Yeah, yeah, so you said collector sales. That's one of the things that jumped out to me when I came over here and talked to you earlier. I said, okay, do you do this for a living? It's your business? And he's like, uh, I kind of just do it for a hobby. So tell me about that. How did you get into this?
7: Well, like you said, it was a hobby. Um, my brother and I, my dad, we always collected when we were growing up. Um, we started out with the um, a lot of the Power of the Force 2 stuff that came out in the 90s, um, around the time that they reissued the original movies. And, they, you know, there's a big buzz around Star Wars then. Um we uh, we got started collecting and uh, and yeah it just it just grew from there my uh, my mom and dad gave me and my brother a few vintage toys oh, wow. um, as kids along at that time and that was my first exposure to old stuff and and uh, just kind of blossomed from there so
0: okay so you mentioned your parents kind of got into it. So your parents, big geeks, big Star Wars fans, like sci-fi in general, what's
7: kind of their roots? Well, my dad, my dad has seen every Star Wars movie in the theater. So he, he likes to tell the story about when he, um, he was, uh, I guess he would have been just out of high school when, uh, when a new hope was, was, um, first out in 1977. And so he likes to tell the story. He was, he went to visit his cousin in Atlanta and, uh, and they went to the, uh, went to the, went to see uh, a new hope in the theater and so then, from then, he was you know he was looked on Star Wars, and so you know he's always enjoyed the movies. He always loved them. He never really was a collector like us, but he's always he's always you know had Star Wars there for us to to check out and enjoy whenever we were kids growing up. So
0: cool, cool. Yeah, I think I've seen them in theaters, but it was the re-releases with yeah. people kind of you know don't yeah. like to it. But um, yeah, so. Um, do you like value your collection? Like, how many pieces do you have? Uh, tell us a little bit more about your collection itself.
7: Uh, well, my collection, myself, um, I I am a um, I'm I'm just a loose collector. I really don't collect the carded um, toys. I just like to be able to hold it. I like to be able to look at it. I like to be able to turn it around. I like to be able to pose it. Um, I'm kind of getting into that that realm of the of the carded or the sealed figures, but um, I'm mostly a loose collector myself. Um, I have a complete run of loose figures, um, really nice condition that I have displayed. Uh, I've got a little girl on the way in October, so uh, I've got, I've, thanks, man. Yeah, I've gotten, my, my whole collection's had to be kind of condensed down into one closet because we had to have room for the baby coming up. Well, that's cool, you know. Uh, so, um, but I've got it all displayed there, and, um, and yeah, so I, it's, it's just like, like I said, I like to be able to hold them, I like to be able to look at them. But, uh, but yeah, I'm, I mean, if it's, if it's old and it's, it's vintage, I like to get my hands on it. So I have trouble getting rid of stuff sometimes, but uh, it's kind of overflowing a little bit.
1: <laughs> so let me ask you a question. You've seen me keep looking over your shoulder. Uh-huh. So tell me, what is the oldest uh of the star wars stuff that you have you know i know you said started in the 90s but what's some of the oldest things that you've got
7: well everything here today though everything here today is 1985 and before um yeah um yeah so this is all this is all the stuff that was issued um back then um you know there's there's uh several pieces of what they consider what they call the first 12 um the first 12 figures that they issued that kenner issued um that's their first, like, sort of wave of, of um, figures. Um, most of them were here yesterday, but a lot of those got snagged up pretty quick. But they were they were they were uh, from 1977, um, actually. Well, they were made in 77. I think that they actually went on sale in February of 78. It was kind of an interesting story about how Kenner went about um, about uh, meeting meeting their deadlines to to get stuff to get product out um, for the uh, for Star Wars back then. Um, but yeah, so there's most of this stuff, man, is is is, is pre '85, but there's definitely some '77 stuff there too. So yeah. So I know the '80s
0: was, kind of started this old toy craze. We had He-Man, Transformers, you know, to kind of piggyback off the Star Wars stuff. So, do you collect anything else other than Star Wars?
7: Uh, you know, actually, another Kenner line, and you guys may be familiar with Mask. Yeah. Uh-huh. Do you remember masks? Yeah, yeah, the cars, right? yeah. Yeah, yeah. They yeah. had the cool cards. It looked oh, like a yeah. car at first, you know, and then like you would like pop it open and yeah. a boat would pop out. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I yeah. That. So I cool. stuff, man. That you know, and the reason I collect that is because it's just a nostalgic thing for me. Yeah. You know? I, I had that, I had that stuff as a kid, and so now I'm kind of coming back around to it, you know. Now that you know. Now that I have the means, the means by which I can sort of reamass my collection that I had back in the day, I'm kind of, I'm kind of chasing that stuff down. So, but yeah, that, and and uh, and uh, I'm not really a GI Joe guy. I have my Joes G.I. from when I was a kid, oh, yeah. but a lot of the, a lot of guys that collect Star Wars also collect GI Joe. But uh, yeah, I kind of, I kind of go after the mask stuff too, kind of as my side gig there, you know. <laughs> So,
0: Yeah, 80s, the greatest generation for toys. I'll just say that right here. No doubt about it. No <laughs> doubt about it. So uh, tell us, like, where people can find you. Do you have a Facebook page or a website or anything or email address or whatever? Yeah,
7: I'm just, uh, I'm, I'm really kind of, I'm not one of these social media kind of guys, but I'm on Facebook. You know, you can look me up. I don't really have, like, a, um, a social media presence, per se. Maybe I need to pick that game up a little <laughs> bit, you know. Um, but, uh, yeah, you can look me up. My, my email address, mjt822 at gmail.com. Um. And, I, and you know I'm like I said look me up we'll, we'll connect so cool man it's
0: great to talk with you and uh just for one last time uh, give everybody your name and the name of your booth
7: Michael Turner this is the whole set toys and collectibles uh, come on and check us out thanks man thanks a lot <laughs> thank <laughs> you appreciate it, guys
0: so yeah coming back from that uh Kyle, I remember you were looking over Michael's shoulder at a particular set that was on the wall and you was like, you know, just kind of puzzled looking at it. Like you remembered it from childhood or something. Well,
1: yep, you're right. And while we were, while you and Michael were talking, I know he noticed several times and I didn't want him to think that I was uninterested because that was totally not the case, but I was looking over his shoulder like totally like engrossed into what was on the shelf back there because (laughs) i had some of that stuff and some of it probably is still at my parents in a box or in a uh uh, in a storage house or something but there was the death star there was a, a set from the death star that is it was really, 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 you know, it was like three or four stories tall and it had a elevator on it and it had yeah. this, uh, what was the thing? The trash compactor in it. Oh yeah, yeah. 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 And, and then there was also like Yoda's, uh, house or the, the, the thing for, and both of and those. Dagobah. Were, yeah. Dagobah. And so, um, you remember what I asked him about and, and it was like you even were impressed, I think, at my question there.
0: Yeah. Cause you asked about this swamp that kind of, I guess, used to have this gelatinous material in it, and it was no longer there, and you kind of asked him, like, what happened to it? I was like, what? How do you well, remember well, that? I, no, well,
1: I was just asking, did it have, not thinking that it would have disintegrated over the years, but it had this, You, it, it was basically just, um, you know, like, um, really, you think of, like, a, a foam, on, a light foam on maybe a paintbrush, and uh-huh. it was, um, uh-huh. It was cut in the middle so you could take your Star Wars action figure or Yoda or R2-D2 and, you know, make it look like it was coming up or down out of the mud like it did in the movie. (laughs) That's funny. (laughs) And and likewise, in the trash compactor, you could – you had these square pieces of that same stuff, just a different color, and you could put your action figures in it, and there was a turn on the end of the – of the thing and you could make it look like they were being squashed in the trash, like the, uh, you know, original star Wars. Wow. That's crazy.
0: You got to love the star Wars generation of of toys and how they kind of, you know, made IP in the toy space kind of just take off.
1: And, and the cool thing was I had forgotten 1000 million (laughs) percent had forgotten. I had not thought about those things probably in, 20, 25 years. And then I saw that and it was like, oh, 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 I remember that. It took you back to what? The 10 or 12? <laughs> yeah. Or, 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 eight or nine or one, whatever. Okay. I'm not trying to age you. i was just <laughs> look. I was four year, four or five years old when, uh, well, let's see. I was four, uh, 73, 77. I was four years old when that, uh, came out. Okay, that makes sense.
0: I mean, I, I remember the '80s
1: thoroughly, and I
0: was born in '79, so it's. <laughs> I'm not trying to date you by any hey. means, but. <laughs> but anyway, um, so let's talk a little bit about our guest for the panel and her group, um, Angie Meadows from Metro Hoovians. Uh, she was there with Tardis in tow, and they were contributing to the. Diabetes Foundation of Mississippi is is that correct? That is correct. Yeah, so they had several games and I and um, they were raising money. And you managed to snag an interview with uh, the
1: other co-founder. Yeah, Carly. uh, Carly, yes. Yeah, and now, go ahead. But I've got a comment that I'll, I'll make. But, but. I, I think. Yeah, I, I think I know what you're going to say. Yeah, so I want, but I want to let, uh, I, I want to remain speechless here and play the video. I mean, play the audio, and then I'll make my comment on the other side. So tell me when you decided. I'm assuming you decided to create the Metro Whovians Facebook group. Am I correct or incorrect?
8: Yes, I started the um, Facebook group, and I kind of started the ball rolling.
1: So, so what was your initial? vision to get that ball rolling
8: i wanted to see a group like a crew to who in new orleans based in jackson where we had costuming dr who costuming enthusiasts and we had people who like to get together and we haven't quite got the get together part together yet um but i i do we have a few costumers and we have of course angie and bobby and um my idea for the group moving forward is that we can start having more events, more Jackson-based things. And like the movie that's going to be at Malco, we're going to see the five doctors. I'd like to see Metro Who go to the five doctors as a group.
1: Right. And, you know, what What was amazing for when Clarence and I first came to the area and, and looking up, I, hadn't, I had no idea that there were local Who groups. And being able to find one and connect with people that you now get to create a personal relationship with is really cool so what has been your most um, rewarding thing of starting Metro Whovian?
8: My favorite thing is taking the Dalek places and watching little children interact with the very small Dalek. I mean, he's he's three-quarter size, so he's at their eye level. And when you make him, say, exterminate, they run and they scatter and they smile. And that's my favorite part. It's just meeting people and watching children because it's a children's show.
1: So the Dalek, our uh, dark Smiley, you guys, you own him. He's yours. So, how did you come about owning, did you have to go to Scarrow? Did you, what did you do in order to, uh, and, and take out the programming that was embrained upon this Dalek to make him your own?
8: Well, my father's Davros, so it works out well. Um, and... Basically, we started out with a larger production-scale Dalek and discovered he couldn't go through standard construction doors, so we had to take him apart. And my father wanted an RC-controlled one, so what we call Young Davros, who is my dad, Jimmy Skates, built an RC-controlled Dalek, and it has been wonderful.
1: And that's the one that you guys have here this weekend. So, um... You know, I know how to get to Metro Whovians. If someone didn't know about Metro Whovians, how would they find out about it?
8: The easiest pathway is to type in Metro Whovians into a Facebook search bar. And that's how you find us.
1: So uh, my co-host Clarence often says that Doctor Who is something that very rarely will I ever shut up about or find myself speechless. However, yesterday morning or afternoon... Someone actually made me speechless, and that person was you. So I want you to tell everybody the, uh, what you asked me and how I became speechless.
8: Well, every so often, I don't have a costume prepared for a weekend. And so this weekend, I did not. So I came in what my, people might call casual clothes. And I looked at you, and I said, what is my cosplay? And you were stomped.
1: I was a 1,000 million percent swamp stomped. Uh, my brain was melting, exploding, regenerating all at one time because I absolutely knew enough what to say. So, so you made me speechless. So for that, you get ten thousand Dalek stars or whatever. Um, so they're
8: gonna want to know who
1: they want to know who.
8: What, what I was. I didn't tell them yet.
1: Ah, see, and you stumped me again. You're good.
8: Well, uh, I looked up and I said to you, "I'm from Big Finish Audios." <laughs>
1: And just try to figure that one out, folks. All right. Carly, thank you so much. Appreciate you talking and everybody we will be back shortly. So guys,
0: again, that's the Metro Whovians. If you're if you live in or around Jackson or just in Mississippi, uh you should definitely look those guys up on Facebook, like their page, and if you're in the Doctor Who, uh, you know, as well as listening to our podcast, <laughs> uh, hook up with them on Facebook because they're actually a really, really rad group of people. And Kyle, tell us uh how how Carly actually stumped you. Uh, I think that's what you're going to talk about. <laughs> exactly.
1: And and I made reference or or I think Carly made reference into uh the segment that we just listened to. To, but um, you know, Lee, even Lee, who I am amazed at his knowledge of Doctor Who, um, says that I, you know, he calls me the keeper of the quotes. And I, I you know, <laughs> you 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 say that I am uh, all knowledgeable of Doctor Who, maybe may, may a little all obsessive, but I do take a little bit of pride, and pride comes before the fall. But uh, I do take a little bit of pride in the fact that I do. You know, I do try to learn as much as I possibly can. Having said that, when you meet someone and you know that they're a Doctor Who fan and they are able to leave you speechless, meaning as she asked me, what is the costume that I'm wearing? And you're standing there not wanting to offend the person because, A, you just met this person other than being, you know, on Facebook. And, B, you're thinking, oh, my goodness, I don't know who you are. (laughs) And she even goes so far as to say, well, you know, I'm such and such from Big Finish. I still didn't get it. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> because, as anybody knows, big finish is audio. Audio, yeah. So yeah. she, so good, good, good gag, and perfectly executed. And I was perfectly speechless. Yeah, it was, it was fun
0: sitting there and, and watching you uh, be and mystified for yeah. me, <laughs> like, <what>? huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh. that was fun. So, uh, I just mentioned Angie Meadows before that, uh, short interview, but Angie participated on our panel and, um, yeah, so I guess I kind of just want to go into our, you know, being our first panel, our thoughts about it and, and leading up to, you know, actually getting that door cracked and people start walking in because, you know, guys, just to be honest,
1: we had no clue who would show up. You I, know, well, uh, well, before we do that, though, I, 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 I want to bounce back uh, sure. real quick. And I want to mention two other guys that I know that we're going to cover them in detail. Oh, but, I, uh, yeah. yes. No, <laughs> well, well, you didn't forget because we've already said that, you know, we were so impressed by them that we were going to devote, uh, at least one, uh, complete episode, probably more to what they're doing. And we got to meet them. We got to talk to them. We got to talk to, uh, one of the wives and it, it, we, well, we also got to see, uh, the impact that they could have just on what they were doing by one of the parents. And I wish in hindsight that we would have interviewed the parent that was talking yeah. to them. I, that, Agreed. that would be my one regret that we did not talk to her. But, uh, you, you know, like I said, we will be talking about them more. Uh, but, uh, just, in a brief synopsis for before we talk about the panel, you want to tell them not necessarily about the you know book because I don't I don't want to get into it in detail, but um, you want to just kind of tell them about who we met.
0: Yeah, so these are the guys from Tuskegee Airs, which is a comic book, and just off top, these guys are some of the nicest guys you ever meet. Very very genuine. And they actually, they really believe in what they're doing. And what they're doing is a really positive thing. So uh, I pulled up their kick, Kickstarter page here. But just a little synopsis. That Tuskegee Airs uh, from the minds of illustrator Marcus Williams. He was at the con. Uh, and children's book Arthur Gregg Burnham. Uh, come the Tuskegee Airs Flames of Def, Destiny series. Tuskegee Airs is a futuristic sci-fi ventures that follows a squadron of young gifted aviators who are forced to become Earth's last line of defense against a menacing race of artificially intelligent villains bent on destroying civilization. So, like the synopsis says, the the characters in this book are descendants of the, the, the great Tuskegee Airmen. And, you know, I wasn't I really didn't know much about this before the con. Uh I had started to see pictures pop up pop up that they posted on the uh Comic-Con website, but when I heard Mex, uh which I'm not going to go too much into it, but when I heard Mex, I was like, "Oh my gosh, I have to start reading this." And again, just some of the nicest guys and we just weren't able to get the interview with them because they were actually very very busy uh and and I want you to talk about a,
1: a little bit about, uh, Marcus and some of the art that he does. Yes. Because, you know, uh, he is a literal – well, he's, he's a very talented artist. Let me say this if I start. And one of the things that was mentioned in the panel that we, uh, went to was that hopefully one day what they're creating might be, uh, potentially turned into animated form and looking at his style it's it it's begging for animation i mean it looks like you know something that needs to be animated but what you were referring to is he did um a drawing that he then turned you know he colorized and when he did that it went viral, uh, some of which was – and it was a wonderful drawing, totally 100% yes. wonderful drawing because it featured – who? Wonder Woman. Oh, yeah. And uh, it also f- featured Wonder Woman. <laughs> well, how are they different, Kyle? Well, one is not Caucasian. The other <laughs> one is Caucasian. And the internet was like, oh, well, you made Wonder Woman black. Not realizing the whole backstory of who this other character was, which is Nubia, the, uh, pre-crisis, basically twin sister of Wonder Woman.
0: Yeah, n- now I didn't even know that. So, um, maybe in an ups- upcoming episode of Discussing Comics, maybe we can talk about that a little bit.
1: Cool. Sounds like a wonderful idea. <laughs> no pun intended. I'll, so, I'll guys,
0: <laughs> so guys, check out the, the Tuskegee Airs. Uh, they have a Kickstarter page. Kickstarter is old, is over, but you can go to their page and see a lot of their information. But also they're on Facebook. So just type in Tuskegee Airs and you'll find out a bunch of stuff about them. Wonderful, wonderful group of guys. So guys, we're going to move on to the panel um that um Kyle, myself, and Angie was on. And, you know, I was alluding to this a little bit earlier but you know we had no expectations the program didn't even say doctor who is had discussing who our group name on it so you know even though that doesn't directly say doctor who people kind of figured it out i guess it's close enough maybe <laughs> uh, yeah and and you know the moment we let that door open and a crowd of people came in we knew we'd be all right and it's just a great crowd a lot of good questions interactivity uh Kyle just what are you some some of your thoughts about it before
1: we go into the actual panel well what you said just now was 100% correct and you know i remember saying uh beforehand that if we had 3 people we would do uh, the same show that we would do if we had 30 people and yeah. if we had you know 300 oh that would have been like wow but um but you know you you, you want to create i mean you want to do something and create something that people will enjoy whether it's just you talking or whether it's what we're doing right now or or whatever but the fact that you had people who came and listened who came and interacted with you that was you know that that made the day for me yeah, I, I totally agree. And once again, Angie was great as
0: always. True. And, and before we actually go into the panel, uh, we're, we're gonna let that be the last thing. So we're gonna go ahead and do our sign offs right now. Kyle, tell guys how they can, if they hear, hear this episode and want to get in touch with us. Uh, what can they do? How can they find us? All
1: right. So you can find us at, uh, www.discussingwho.com. You can also find us on Facebook at Facebook.com backslash discussing who. We are also on Twitter at discussing who. And you can also find us now on YouTube. Uh, we've had a YouTube channel, but we're starting to ramp things up a little bit on YouTube. So you can find actually the video of this panel that you're about to listen to at, correct me if I'm wrong here, youtube.discussingwho.com. Is that correct? That's correct. All right, That's good correct. deal. And if you would like to send us feedback, you can record an audio clip on your smartphone. You can send that to us at um, who at gmail.com. You can also send it to us uh, via Messenger on Facebook. And last but not least, you can leave us a voicemail at 805 850 d who. That's D-W-H-O.
0: Yes, and guys, if you're new to the show, this is your first episode. We're just going to say welcome. Uh, not however you found your way here, we're, we're glad you're on board. And uh, we talk about Doctor Who. But we also talk about other stuff, comics as well as sci-fi. So glad you're on board and hope you stay along for the ride. And we're going to go right into your panel, and we will talk to you guys next
1: time. Good deal. Um, kind of get started and tell you guys who we are. Uh, First off, I'm Kyle Jones. I got into podcasting probably about four years ago. I was, or still am, a part of a podcast called Doctor Who Podshop. It's one of the oldest uh, podcasts, and I listened to it from about 2007 through 2014 when they asked me to come on. So that was kind of cool, people that you had listened to for 10 years almost, all of a sudden, here you were, you know, on there with them. Uh, Clarence and I started discussing Who last year, and it has been going on since then. We do comic books, we do science fiction, and of course, we do Doctor Who. So, Clarence, you want to tell a little bit about
0: you? Yeah, so um, I've known Kyle for, what, over 10 years now, maybe, yep. off and on. Uh, but, you know, kind of our podcast started as conversations where he was trying to get me into Doctor Who, you know. I was like, what is this thing with this guy
1: flying around in his phone booth, you know? <laughs> well, well, actually, I, let me take, let me take that ahead. back a little bit. He walks into my office one day and he says, I need something to watch on Netflix. <laughs> so I say, okay, Dr. Who? Because, you know, who doesn't want to convert somebody into Dr. Who? So uh, he comes back the next day after watching Rose, wasn't it? Yes. I don't think I can watch this. <laughs> <laughs> Give it time. Two more episodes in. Just give it time. Just wait for David Tennant is finally ready. Oh And then uh,
0: keep going. Yeah, so, I mean, eventually I got on board. And, um, you know, we just had these random conversations. And it kind of, over the years, just kind of turned into a podcast We one of the other people who we were talking about. And yeah, that's kind of the genesis. Uh, I was on another podcast at first called Tech Edition, which this guy over here was on with me. We started that in 2008, and it's been going on. Uh, for the longest, so so yeah, that's kind of my base.
1: So. I'm gonna... And then last September, we went to a uh, Doctor Who day at the local Flowood Library, and we met our very own River Song, who's more Dalek today than River. Uh, so... <laughs>
9: Exterminate, sweetie. <tea. laughs> Just kidding. Hey, my name is Angie Meadows. I'm from uh, Jackson's very own uh, uh, Doctor Who costuming and fan group Metro Whovians uh, you, if you've been walking around, you've been seeing our uh, booth in the back back the back wall back there with the big tardis making noise and you know lit up back there. Uh, and of course, you've probably seen dark Smolik, our uh, 80% scale Dalek moving around the floor here and trying to exterminate everybody because he's cranky. he's always trying to do that. But he's a, he's an eighty percent scale doll. Like he's hundred percent of the evil with twenty percent less packaging. So, yeah. Um, but anyway, uh, like I said, you know that you know we uh, we met these guys at the at the library, and I've, you know they've been nice enough to you know let me help them out on a couple of podcasts, things like that. So, and they let me sit in here and talk to you guys today. So I'm really excited about that, and it's good to be here.
1: So what I would like for this to be is as interactive as possible, and what I mean by that is. I, I want you guys to participate in the conversation. You guys know who we are. You've heard who we are. So I just want to kind of get in and ask you guys some questions. So who was your first doctor? Anybody?
3: Fourth doctor.
1: What's doctor. Anybody else? Eleventh uh, uh, doctor. Ten. Ten? Anybody else? Oh my god. okay.
3: okay.
1: Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so... Having said that, mine was the fourth. Uh, Yours would have been?
9: Mine, yeah. No, ninth. Ninth? Yeah, and I'm a Tom
1: Baker, yeah, came in. Uh, Obviously. Tom Baker. Yeah. Um, What do you think, Angie, that made Doctor Who and the fourth incarnation different, special, compared to the others?
9: Well, you know, you always remember your first doctor. I mean, everybody here is like, well, hey, you know, my first was, you know, he's got to be my favorite, and Tom Baker was that for me. You know, it was just, you know, back then we didn't have a whole lot of, you know, good, you know, science fiction, you know, things. I've always been more of a sci-fi and fantasy kind of person. You know, I don't really get into reality reality TV and things like that. So, you know, back then, I mean, to see this, you know, this was so new and just so, you know, out of there and ahead of its time that, you know, I think a lot of people, you know, kind of responded to it. And it was just, it's kind of what we were all kind of looking for, you know, for that kind of escape thing. So that was... I think that's probably a lot to, you know, a lot to do with me personally. And, and uh, like, I was, I've told these guys before, when, uh, uh, you know, I lived in the country, you know, here in Mississippi, and I probably didn't have anybody within a 50-mile radius that knew what a TARDIS was back then. And so it's really cool to, you know, get to go to conventions and meet a lot of fans, you know, that, you know, we all kind of grew up, you know, with the same thing, you know, the ones that grew up with Tom Baker. And, um You know, just meeting everybody. So that's – I
0: think that's, you know, one thing about it. Yeah, I'm I'm very much a new who person. So I oftentimes get berated by Kyle Jones over here because I really am reluctant to go back and watch the older uh, seasons. You know, it's kind (laughs) of – we're talking about Power Rangers. It's kind of hard to watch because that's kind of the 90s. But I kind of have the same feeling with the classic who. Although I do respect it, I respect the history, it's still just – hard for me to go back and watch. So, um, Elkison was my first doctor. Like Kyle mentioned, it was hard to get into it first, but once I was on board, I was on board, and when I got into him, he was gone. So, <laughs> so yeah, um, he was my first, and I'm not going to say my favorite, but definitely definitely one of my first. Okay,
1: so who would be I'm your my... favorite? Um,
0: uh, I really like Matt Smith, man. I know most people are going to say Tennant, but... Mass Smith just brought a joy and fun to it that I really love. And, uh, yeah, that's the reason he's my first and favorite. Uh, what about yourself?
1: Uh, I would go back to say, and I remember watching Tom Baker as a child. And, you know, seeing the blue box, seeing the scarf, not even really realizing that back then that that was Doctor Who, but, you know, just having that childhood memory and then rediscovering it on Netflix back in the DVD era of Netflix. And then seeing, because what was interesting with me with Doctor Who, I would only watch Tom Baker at first. And a friend of mine said, you need to watch The Five Doctors. And I said, well, I don't want to watch that with all those other men on there. I just like that doctor. And I was like, this was like 2003, 2004. This wasn't that long ago. And I was like, okay, I must not have been that good of a Doctor Who fan because that was the moment I realized it was the same person. I had only seen the episodes on PBS that were Tom Baker. Didn't real and thinking, okay, well here's this other black and white uh, TV, you know, episode. I don't want to watch that. And then once I realized that that was the same person, that's when my obsession became like full on force. I had to, you know, find as many regeneration episodes as I po- possibly could and watch those and and, and get them. So that's. That's kind of my start. And, um, but but you're right, uh, Eleven did have a lot of good moments. So I got a question for the guy that said Eleven was your f- first doctor. So my question to you is, have you gone back and watched any of the older stuff? Um, I've seen uh,
2: um, things like one episode with Tom Baker and the first story off with the first doctor.
1: Cool. How did you like it? Yeah, I liked it. I just, just, uh, let's see. I've been we watching a lot of shows. Uh, the production value is so different that it's almost jarring to go back and watch. Uh, I read somewhere one time that the amount they spent on catering today is the amount they spent on the first arc of the uh, Unearthly Child art. So just put that into context. I mean, it's, it's like... You know, it's a very big difference. Um, companion. let's talk companions for a second. Who's, just a, anybody just talk. who's your favorite companion? Rose. Rose. I like Paul. Who? Paul Oswald. Up. Up. You got a favorite <laughs>
5: companion
1: here. Yeah. Uh, any, Anybody else? Rose, Clara? Tom Baker's car. You had more personality
3: than most of the other companions.
1: <laughs> so we've got rose we've got clara who's your favorite
9: well you know sarah jane You know, but you know we can't have you know after the, oh,
1: oh yeah <laughs>
9: but uh you know we can't have sarah jane anymore but you know like i said you know in the new part i was a really big i loved amy and rory i, I just loved them you know running around with the doctor and you know, it wasn't, it was a different kind of dynamic because, uh, you know, you had Rose, you know, she was kind of, that was kind of a romantic kind of thing going on. But then you had Amy and Rory running around, you know, and that, you know, as, you know, as they were all kind of best friends. And I, I truly really loved that. And of course, you know, the Dr. Donna. Who doesn't love the Dr. Donna? She was amazing.
1: Yeah. What, what about Clara for you? Oh, man, I love Clara. Um,
0: and I know I'm not in the graces of most people here because most people hate her. Um, I'm not going to say, hey, people say she overstayed her welcome, which she probably did. Um, by the end of her run, she had pretty much progressed to a, another version of the doctor because she was so knowledgeable and powerful by the end of it. Um, so, I mean, she's my favorite. I love her. Um, it It sucks that a lot of people aren't on board and I've even been known to call the impossible host
1: sometimes <laughs> so that's funny but yeah she's my favorite what about you Kyle? Uh, it would have to be without hands down I mean I love Rose I liked Clara uh, I liked Donna you know I liked Amy and Rory but without a doubt it has to be Sarah Jane and the, not because of Sarah Jane being Sarah Jane in the 70s I'm talking because Sarah Jane to me was the one who made Doctor Who for the new generation tied directly into Doctor Who from the previous generation. And that moment in school reunion where Doctor Sarah Jane come face... I mean, I'm getting, like, chilled just even saying it now. Just that moment where they come face-to-face and you just see the Doctor and Sarah again, that to me was, you know hands down makes, makes her my
0: favorite companion. Yeah. So, do a lot of you guys like go back and research references to uh, things from the older classic series that are kind of sprinkled in there? I know I have to ask Kyle a lot of times like what was that? They made a big deal out of it and you read stuff online people are making a big deal out of certain things. So Kyle, let me ask you like um, classic who things sprinkled into the new who. Um, how do you find those things and do you I know a lot of this lost on me, but are those things special to you uh, as, as watching in the new Room?
1: Okay, so to answer that question, I'll, I'll, I'll ask a question to the group. Okay, go ahead. So, when you, how many of you have seen Emperors of Mars? Have you guys seen that? All right. So, the character Alpha Centauri at the end—did anybody recognize that character from the previous, you know, 1970s show? Got one person, a couple people. So my point being, you could still enjoy Empress of Mars, seeing Alpha Centauri, not having any knowledge of who that character is, other than character at the end helps save the uh, Martians and goes on to the next story. Knowing, because I, I remember I told you that when I heard that voice, it was like, okay, that voice sounds familiar. And then to go back and research and look up, and the voice is a 90-year-old actress that was actually the same actress as that voice in the 70s. Yeah, but, It but, just adds another layer to it. Not only that,
0: it's so much r- r- richer when you know the full story. Can you g- explain the appearance of her and the uh, so, it and the actual... Uh, so
1: basically, for who Alpha Centauri is, the story that is set up with Empress of Mars, with the 12th Doctor introducing the Martians to this galactic federation of planets, then leads into a third Doctor story, when the Doctor goes back, or or not necessarily goes back, just visits as the third Doctor, this planet, and you see Alpha Centauri, you see the ice warriors Interact, so you're seeing something that happened with the twelfth doctor actually cause yeah. something that happened with the third
3: doctor.
1: Yeah. So you just made uh, a face that made me ask a question to the audience, which is, does Doctor Who ever make your yeah. head hurt? always was the time period of stories? So, which one's your favorite?
3: Asterix and <laughs> yeah. That was so convoluted. But it was so quintessential Doctor Who to reboot the universe at the end. the point.
9: I wanted to see the Pandorica so badly in Eaters of Light a couple of weeks ago. I, I, you know, they could have just ran past it sitting there, and it would have been great. You know, just a little nod to that. I, I really wanted to see that. Yeah, you know, Rory the Roman. I
3: really. I love Rory. The development in that character. Yeah. I mean, when he first first time he goes out with him, he's like trying to fight off the guy with the broomstick. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And then he becomes this incredibly competent, tough person. Yeah.
1: Well, you look at Amy from her first appearance, and she's very—I don't want to say bratty, but almost a little immature. And then you see Amy and the Angels take Manhattan as this fully developed, uh, and 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 taking to another companion. My first encounter with Donna Noble on that one-off Christmas special was when they said she's going to be the new companion. Going, are you serious? Because I I hated Donna in that first appearance, and then whenever she left at the end of uh, that fourth series, I was going like no, I don't want Donna to go you know, so the one thing that I found interesting about Doctor Who, and I know other TV shows do this as well but the character development that they spend with the companions, because ultimately, it may be Doctor Who but it's the companions that are the star of the show when you boil it all down to it they are our window into who the Doctor is so let's talk our newest companion, uh, and, and no spoilers from you know the, from the end of the series uh, or anything like that. But how many of you like Bill? Raise your hand. You like Bill? Okay, got some shaking hands. She's adorable. Uh, Angie, what is it about Bill that you find adorable?
9: Well, everything is so fresh and new to her. I mean, she and she the way she approaches everything. I mean, she's just so. I mean, just so enthusiastic and just so ready to kind of get in there and learn. And I, I think that's just brought a lot of, you know, newness and just a lot of freshness to to the whole series. You know, the way she's just kind of, you know, because I'm sorry, but Clara was a little, you know, she was kind of road-weary, you know, there at the end. You know, she was kind of more seasoned and everything. But Bill is just, you know, she's like all of us when we first discover Doctor Who. You know, we're all just excited. And when we find that right episode that, you know, that hooks us in. You know, and, and she's the same way, and I think that's what I just I have really loved about her, and it's just gotten better as the season is going on this year. I mean, I mean the season it's just been it's been a joy to watch her.
0: Uh, yeah, um, I'm loving her in this season. Uh, she has definitely been a, a great surrogate for us, uh, and you know, the thing I love about her is she asks all the questions that we want to know the answer to. And she asked him, She asked them in a quirky, weird way, <laughs> but she does ask the questions that we want to know. And, you know, um, my favorite moment of the season is actually when she was questioning the doctor on how many, I think it was a thin ice, on how many people he's killed. Mm-hmm. That was some deep stuff, man. <laughs> so just seeing a fresh face, and I think this season would be great for anybody who's trying to get into Doctor Who because of that. Cause she, you know, why are you flying around in this blue box? You know, um, she she definitely asks all the questions that uh, someone knew would have for the
1: doctor. So what about Nortle? How many of you guys like Nortle? I see a smiling face. You like Nortle? Yeah. What what is it about Nortle that you like? I
3: just like how he basically keeps the doctor in check. He's pretty much like his mom, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> and- I don't know, this character
6: is just really sarcastic and funny, and it's like he's even more sarcastic than the Doctor, and 12 was like really sad when he first like, showed him to the series, and so I love how Norval is kind of like his parental
3: even if he doesn't like it
1: so much. You know, what I like about Norval is he's not your typical companion. He's got permission from River to basically, you know, yeah. whip the Doctor's you-know-what if he wants to, so he's not dependent... <laughs> on the doctor as, you know, if Bill goes off somewhere with him and Bill gets left, she's dependent upon the doctor to come back. I could think Mortal could take care of himself if he so, you know, needed to. Which leads me to wonder, will Mortal come back? You know, we all wonder if Bill coming back. Uh, We know Capaldi's leaving, so I really want Mortal to come back. Something tells me that he won't with the new showrunner but uh i think they're going to do a clean slate that's just speculation but i, I i'm enjoying having not the amy and Laurie dynamic of two people being married to each other but i really like the dynamic of having two companions that are not connected traveling together
0: yeah mama noodles i call them uh, <laughs> Uh, he's been also been funny and and witty and refreshing Um, I don't know if I expected him to be in as much of a season because it seems like uh, at first we didn't know if he was coming on and then like he's been in every episode so far but he's been a welcome change Um, again like it's been stated keeping the doctor in check when need be (laughs) and you know probably one of the few people I've seen like talk to the doctor that way like he can you know you better listen to me you know you're gonna don't respect me so that's that's been fun with you so
1: how many of you are sad to see Capaldi leaving yeah.
3: okay. me too yeah.
1: how many of you think that this season of Capaldi's Doctor compared to the first two seasons there's just something better about Capaldi yeah, yeah. me too because I uh, in that first season season 8 if they would have said Capaldi's in one season person I would have been like so you yeah. know I miss him. <laughs> uh, I know that was your uh, you liked him that first season
9: it was it was a little bit it took me a few episodes to get it by the end of it yeah I was I was definitely on board but one thing that got me on board with him uh, just just real quick um I saw a video where he was, uh, he went to the, you know, they have the Doctor Who Museum there in London, and um, he was in there one day, and he was pretending to be the doctor, and he, you know, there was a room full of kids there that he was talking to, and uh, they were asking him questions, and one asked him, uh, who's your favorite companion? And he started talking. He said, "Well, right now I travel with someone named, you know, with uh, my companion's name is Clara." And he's talking about her a little bit. And then he said, "But I think my most favorite one has got to be my granddaughter, Susan." And then he actually he said, "I promised I would go back and see her." And he teared up and he got emotional and he, you know, started crying a little bit. He goes, "But I, but I didn't." And I was just like, "Wow, he really gets it." And for that moment, you know, when I saw that, you know, thank goodness for you too. Because when I saw that, he became the doctor for me. I was just like, he, yeah, he's amazing. He gets it. You know, and all these kids were just in awe of him. So
1: So, I'm so going to make a prediction. You guys are hearing it now. Merry Christmas is, is all I'm going to say. I thank
9: <laughs>
1: Merry Christmas for what you just said. I hope Merry Christmas you hope for what you said. Because the actress has already expressed interest, saying, you know, if I was asked back, you know, I would come back, and she's the first companion. So if, you know, they even thought she's, you know, not young, she's not getting any younger, and if she wants to come back, you know, let her come back. And if Capaldi is obviously a Hartnell fan, let her come back and be in the Christmas episode for his final... I would be happy with that. So uh, we've been talking about companions. We've been talking about doctors. But we've one very, very important uh, group that we need to say something nice about.
3: So uh,
1: who's your favorite villain? Anybody? Throw them out. Weeping angels. been angels. Oh, I'm weeping angels. Uh, I'm okay. I'm <laughs> you, you, said weeping really? angel. you said weeping angel. You said weeping angel. Weeping angel. been my friend over there, would you like to show your tattoo? It's scary.
9: And now none of us can blink because yeah. now that, that has exactly. become.
1: See,
3: I, I wanted a
1: captive audience, so that you know. Oh wow! You, you played all right of and they scared you exactly. But
3: your statues are scary. I
1: put a winged angel mask on
3: the know I scared them. On the spot, you
1: know that's. One thing I gotta give uh Moffitt credit for, he makes us scared of things that are like so boring. Yeah. Like that whole you are my money.
3: Money. Oh. You yeah, know that whole yeah. money.
1: <laughs> <great>.
3: <laughs> you do that too well. <laughs> yeah. You know, he's actually kept a promise that he's broken that city. Everybody mm-hmm. lives rose just as long as yes. yeah. everything that grows up to date. Yes.
0: Absolutely.
3: I mm-hmm. a... so he doesn't even care about Jack because he can't even kill him. Right, yeah. exactly. That's what I've got I hope they bring him back after this.
1: I wouldn't mind seeing uh, Captain Jack return. retire. Because he's expressed, he actually wanted to come back for the 50th. But just watching Nas.
0: Anybody watch Woods? Anybody? What do y'all think of that as being a more adult uh, Doctor Who spinoff? I
7: think it started doing,
0: but
3: Miracle Day was a bit of a
0: push. Yeah. I gotta
3: say that.
0: And we also saw uh, one Peter Capaldi in that series as well. <laughs>
1: So um, um, back to back to our villains. How many of you like Missy? Uh, yeah. yeah, Clarence is is is, is in the uh, minority, I think. Of this, you don't really like Missy. Why? So a uh, uh, quick question. So
0: I don't remember. Is her umbrella a sonic? Because she was kind of like. This is the reference to last night's episode. I can't remember if this is Sonic or not. Spoilers. <laughs> Spoilers. <Starless. laughs> but uh But Yeah, I'm I'm not a huge uh Missy fan and I can't really tell you why. <laughs> um I don't I, I can't really put put my put my finger on it why I don't like her as much. Uh, it might be the fact that Kyle just raves and rants about her the whole time. But
1: she just a deranged <laughs> Mary Poppins. What, is there not to like yeah, about really? it? Uh, I don't Geraint know. Geraint 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 Mary Poppins. Poppins. The master that way. Right,
3: exactly. I mean, you, you can't yeah. die and come back and not be a little.
1: Right.
9: Yeah. Uh,
1: yeah. And you know, consider the last time you saw the master, he was just... Like about to explode with energy before they went back into the time war. So um, anybody have a least favorite the no. body lines because we barely got seen in the
3: the fiftieth and sort of went for Vite Romation program too. It was a good bit for uprising uh, of just what was <laughs> really cause of it, because I'd actually like to see how they got to being allowed to be on purpose, with the that could bit
1: summer. Good point. Yeah. Uh, the
3: Slovenians. Oh, I hated them. They, they, were, they were terrible. <laughs> yeah. They, they, they actually worked a
7: little better in the Sarah Jane adventure. Yes. It was a kid's show, but... Just the, the
1: cat, the farting, and all that stuff. Yeah, it
0: got old and it got old quick. Yeah. Well, like, my thing with the villains is the look of them. I know, like you mentioned before, there's a limited budget, but, like, some of them just look so incredibly cheesy. It's just like, <laughs> oh, how did you bring that villain? It's just, I can't get on board with it. Uh, so, I mean, TV production values are so, are so good across the board these days. It's just sometimes hard for me to get on board with a villain. That looks like uh, Back to Power Rangers. It's like something not a Power Rangers, you know. So <laughs> yeah. we've mostly avoided that in, in, this, uh, in the new Who. But, um, yeah, that's that's one of the things that turns me off almost immediately from the film. But on the
3: other
0: hand, if you're going to bring back a Dalek, it has to look like a yeah. Dalek. Yeah, no, I don't have oh, a yeah, problem
3: with definitely. the Daleks. That's yeah. the one I'm going to have ben, It has to look like a Cyberman. And yeah. that's the way they look back. Yeah,
0: when they didn't have a budget. Right. Well, they did change the Cybermen a bit, didn't they,
1: Kyle? Yeah, they did. But I, but I, but I do like, uh, you know, the, the fact that they're going back, uh, and again, no spoilers, because we already know, you know, they're going back and using the original Cybermen. So the fact that they're paying such great detail to making them look cheaply done Per se, mm-hmm. they did a great job, <laughs> or doing from the pictures that I've seen. Hence, not talking about last night, uh, that they looked and felt to me like those old school original Cyber. So, yeah, I agree. Daleks. We mentioned the Daleks. Does anybody feel, or does anybody feel like the Daleks are sometimes overused a little bit? Can uh, you touch on for a second. What now? Easy it- mm-hmm. question. Oh, does anybody feel like the Daleks are a little bit overused? Yeah, cause it's
3: always the same. If they come back somehow, <laughs> they explode, then a new new generation pops up. I admit that back in Matt's time, they used that chronological thing I come back, with is uh, saying, that you are the Daleks, and I am the doctor, and you're enemy. That was a good way to bring them back, but they aren't had to overused, and I'd actually like to see some new done about the Daleks.
1: Another Daleks hybrid, like they did with David in the New York New York episode. Which is interesting. Uh, how many of you know that in the, uh, the Manhattan, the Daleks in Manhattan episode was also a street kid that went on to play what character? Anybody know? He, he played a... Uh, I'll, I'll put it this way. He played a character that is involved in a homecoming in a few weeks. And Andrew Barfield was in uh, Dallas in Manhattan. He was one of the street kids that was in that episode. So go back and watch that. You'll see Spider-Man. So, that's kind of cool. All right, let's talk about the 13th Doctor. I know our time wrapping up uh, kind of soon. So we're getting the 13th Doctor next year. Wishes of what you want to see, anybody of what you want to see?
3: I kind of want to say, and come back to things, river or any of its it Amy's, like a um, bunch on the street, that is half off. There's some way to be to get a good farewell. And you did get Amy's goodbye, which was a bit And it kind of sucks when you he's favorite. Any, any way.
0: and i mean like to see some of my old that's just yeah. or well, I, mean, I, I guess that's something we could talk about what do people think about the concept of bringing uh, past doctors back to the show uh, I personally think you shouldn't do it uh, although we have beloved ones we'd like to see again we always have those uh, special episodes that we can kind of see them in but uh, I think you should move forward. I personally don't want to go back to any doctor. <laughs> <laughs> you're in the but. But uh, what,
1: what do you think? What do you
9: think well, I mean, I, I go back to the 50th anniversary special, and oh my gosh, wasn't that the best? I mean, that was amazing. And seeing you know me and my son, which is another cool thing about Doctor Who. You know, the you, you gap, you know break you know the generations all just kind of come together and here's my son and I sitting there in the living room and then here's 13 doctors on the screen at one time and we are like we are screaming we are so excited and I mean that to me that was just such a great moment I mean you know just for you know maybe a just kind of a you know drop in you know maybe every once in a while I I, yeah. I mean I, I like it you know just to kind of see oh gosh I love him so much oh my gosh there's Matt Smith I, oh my gosh there's Matt Smith I, I
1: I'd be great to curating I'd be I, I, great to curating abs, oh my gosh
9: yeah when I saw the back of his neck how many of you guys knew yeah I, I know who that is yeah. but just when you
1: you know <laughs> how many Tom Baker you had that yeah. chill go down your spine whenever you hear him do that you know I really think you might thing and then oh, started yeah. that now that didn't I, I'll be honest I'll sit here and say it that was the moment whenever it was like chills and the oh, yeah. waterworks and yeah
9: yeah it's mountain, dude. that was amazing
1: so um so back to um our villains just for a second and we've talked about Missy we've talked about the Daleks uh we talked about the Cybermen are there any other classic Who or any new Who villains that you would like to see Chibnall take a different look at or bring back or I think be something I was different? Here, I think I actually looked, I
3: watched a new episode about them. About it's who? Out in Terry. Ah, okay. They were featured in uh, the, the Queen of Mars. Yes. I really like to see them because I heard that he was going a show back in the days
1: and I, that they brought back for that just scene. I, I got curious on it and I'm going to act like I could see it when you take it. That would be cool. Okay. The who now? The so Sun Oh, yeah.
3: It would be interesting to see them come back. You know, we had the one guy who was with uh, you know, them for a while. I was just kind of like, tracks. yeah, yeah. You know, that's gone. It would be interesting to see what they could call. about.
9: Well, you know, we got used to Strax kind of being, you know,
1: lovable. Like, yeah,
9: lovable. Yeah, you know, kind of like almost like comedy relief. Yeah, and you know, the Santarans, boy, when they were, you know, when they, you know, invaded or tried to invade, you know, they were they were pretty bad. So yeah, it would be cool to see them, and and even maybe put you know Strax back with them, and they're like, what happened to you? You know, <laughs> that that would be a cool thing.
3: I would like to see that. I would love to see the silent again. Uh, they yeah. were really the who now the side? Side. The side? The side. Oh, side. oh yeah. Victory.
1: Yes, they The
3: most dangerous ones. <laughs> is They could have already been in part of the scene <laughs> from William Hartman's side, and he's just... Mm-hmm. True. Yeah,
9: exactly. And, you know, it's funny because you, a lot of people you see on Facebook and the memes and such, you know, they say, well, every time you go into a room and you forget what you came in for, that's <laughs> oh, them. Yeah. And now every time I do that, I think, oh, yeah, where are you at, buddy? You know? Look <laughs> for marks of your... Exactly, exactly. I,
1: if
9: I
3: had a Oh.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, I have a question for you guys. Um... So we have Capaldi, he's an older doctor. Uh, Ilkerson, I guess he was kind of in the middle. So, old, older doctor or younger doctor? Oh, good question. What do you guys like? Um, I, I
3: kind of like both Matt and Foley due to Capaldi's uh, uh, episode in Listen, and uh, of course his um, earlier in the uh, Helmet, and uh, I, I can't remember in season 9 um, which one was it when he was in a, I I've but uh, I do like him, but Matt was my first favorite doctor, because when I was, uh, when he first popped on the card, I paused that to me, and I said, Mom, go ahead. that's me, Time travel does exist, <laughs> I, I totally saw a resemblance to me Matt, and I've cosplayed this man ever since, and I just, I just think Matt was the best doctor in my book, because he had uh, helped me get through high school, he made me, they finished. But you know what?
1: Isn't that the greatness about Doctor Who is for everybody sitting in here in this room right now, regardless if it's the three of us up here, it's everybody in this room that knows about Doctor Who. Everyone has that Doctor Who moment. Whereas you've got that that you just said, you've got, and you've got your 11th Doctor, and you've got your 10th and ninth and 1st and whatever. And I think that's what makes Doctor Who so endearing to people, is that it's... Really something for us, everybody that reinvents itself over and over and over again. Right, so we got about five more minutes.
3: So.
1: Uh, yeah, I mean, just on the question I asked
0: a second ago. Uh, I think that, you know, I'm glad Capaldi's having a good season this season because I kind of felt at first the reason people weren't latching on to him is the fact that he wasn't the young heartthrob doctor. <laughs> he was older, and it was they kind of took that whole um, – Kind of love cleanness out of it when Capaldi came around and that's kind of why I thought people weren't
1: weren't uh, as keen to lose. And that's what turned me against Clara because I would have rather that scene in deep breath where she's questioning him being the doctor after seeing all the other versions of the doctor I would have rather it have been Jenny or I would have rather it have been faster that question are you really the doctor but the fact that you had Clara who had just come off the previous, you know, couple episodes before, seeing everyone, then questions him. That was the point that turned me off on Claire. All right, so um, I just want to remind everybody how to get in touch with us and how to get in touch with the Metro Whovians. So, River Song first.
9: (laughs) Uh, yeah, Riverside, Angie Meadows, uh, you guys, if you haven't been around the back wall yet, come back to the booth and see us. We're actually we're raising donations this weekend for uh, Diabetes Foundation of Mississippi. It's near and dear to my heart. My son has type 1 diabetes, so and all the money raised stays right here in the state. Um, so come by, get some pictures in the TARDIS, play our uh, Dalek extermination game. You did not like to do that, right? And, uh, you know, just um, come out. It's, it's going to be a good time. We're having fun
1: back there. Unfortunately, your fluid link doesn't work because I tried to go home and hurt last so night uh, did not work. Oh, so yeah. Well, chameleons are Chameleon Circuit. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so Clarence, how can people find us?
0: Uh, yeah, well, first of all, um, how many people know what a podcast is? That's pretty... Yeah. Okay. Well, if you, if you don't know, it's basically just a radio show on the Internet. <laughs> um, if you have an uh, iPhone... Or an Apple device, you can uh, use the Apple Podcast app. Yes, Apple Podcast. And uh, just search for Discussing Who and click subscribe, and then you'll get a fresh episode every time we release one. You don't have to do anything, just subscribe to it. So uh, you can find. Also available on Android. Yeah, also available on Android. Uh, You can search Google Play for the same thing. You can can find us, search for Discussing Who. yeah, so we're also on Facebook and Twitter uh, at discussing who. Um, if you want to actually, if you have a question and you want to call us and leave a voicemail, our number is eight zero five eight five oh D who. So you can call us and leave a leave a question or a comment. You uh, okay.
1: That's pretty much it. We just want to thank everybody for coming in. We were hoping before it got started, we said, well, if we get three people, we'll be happy. So you made our day. Uh, we're, 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 we are we are very, very happy that you guys came out. So uh, thank every single one of you guys for coming and talking to us, and we hope you had fun. So thank you all. Thank you.